Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and this is episode 37 of the Hawthorne Towncast. Um, I hope everybody's doing okay as COVID continues to to wreak havoc across the country. Uh, I just pray that everybody stays healthy, uh, wear your masks, socially distance, and enjoy these podcasts. You can you can listen to these podcasts from the luxury and comfort of your own home or vehicle, uh, anywhere you are. And this next episode is a great one. Uh, we have Willie Wilson, Hawthorne resident, works at ESPN Radio, uh, is a big fan of Hawthorne. And if you didn't see him sing the Star Spangled Banner at the Mark Sasso uh, Foundation softball game, go to our YouTube channel, uh, the Towncast YouTube channel, and check it out. It was a beautiful, beautiful rendition of that song. He also has a movie coming out this, this year, and we're hoping to screen it at the Hawthorne Theater. So he was a lot of fun to, to talk to. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, be well, everyone. All right, everybody, I'm kind of beside myself. I don't even know where to start with this guy because his, if, his, if, if his life was, was a resume, it would be like 180 pages. The stories are unbelievable. I'm so excited to have Willie Wilson. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so psyched to be here. Yeah, it's, and I first, now you guys may know Willie Wilson from ESPN Radio. Uh, I know him from the Mark Sasso Foundation softball game. So for those of you that were there, and you heard the national anthem. It was just a brilliant rendition of that song. It really was beautiful. Acapella. You know, you're always you're always nervous when someone's going to sing acapella. Or, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> especially that song. That's not that's that's song. the killer song. That's the killer song. <laughs> and if you haven't heard it, go on go on YouTube. You could find the Towncast, and you'll see the Mark Sasso softball game. You know, some highlights of the day: raising money for the Mark Sasso Foundation. And Willie was not only gracious enough to sing the national anthem, but he brought all of his equipment out there and was just a fabulous DJ all day, played played great music. Uh, and actually, it was funny because when I uh, when I posted the video, you know, it was just a lot of clips and then your, your song and, right. and Don LaGreca, you know, announcing everybody. I posted it, YouTube came back and says, oh, no, no, you don't have the rights for this song. I'm like, what song? So I listened to it again, and it was a background song that you know was playing over the over the PA system. And so I had to respond. I said, "This song has nothing to do with the day. This was oh just a song that was playing in the background." Yeah, I had no idea, and it, it was like instantly. It just immediately came back and said, "No, you have a song here." I'm like, there's no song, and and I didn't realize it was one of the tunes that you could was, you could you tell what song it was? I'm just curious. I you know what. I could I they said to me it was it was a cover version of I guess a Queen song I can't remember what, but it wasn't Queen performing it uh, I can't remember what's I can't remember what version If it I had was. known that was going on I could have played my original stuff they can't do anything about that I see there you go <laughs> there you go So so we're going to get into this background because it is it's unbelievable just in the few minutes that we talked beforehand uh, it's unbelievable how much you've done it's almost schizophrenic. It is a have, little schizophrenic. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to lose sleep tonight. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Uh, so, so let's go back to your background. So, I know you didn't grow up in Hawthorne. We're, by the way, we're sitting in one of the most beautiful houses in Hawthorne. I'm not going to tell you guys where it is, but it's gorgeous. 
It, it's just beautiful. Uh, so thank you for having us up here. Oh, I'm glad you got a good uh, tour. My daughter Nina's on tech. Nina, thank you for coming. Hey, she she flew in from Chicago <coughs> just so she can uh, do tech on on Willie Wilson's podcast. So I really <laughs> I really do appreciate it. Uh, so so tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you where did you grow up? So I grew up in Rivervale. Actually, I just lied to you. I grew up in. I was born <laughs> we just started. Already. We I just started. started. Already, I, I opened right. up. It's going to be a good day. Line. It's going to be a good day. I was born in Bergenfield, but I moved to Rivervale at four. So, but I actually remember when I moved there. Believe it or not, we were building a house, and I lived in Rivervale. And I grew up in Rivervale. Where's Rivervale? I always think you think of Riverdale. Rivervale is right next up between Old Tapan and Westwood and Okay, Hillsdale. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. In fact, Rivervale goes to Hillsdale School. Gotcha, okay. So, oh, um, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they, elementary schools they have, but once you go to high school, you go to Hillsdale. What year did you graduate high school? 77. Shout out to class of 77 <laughs> at Hillsdale? <laughs> yeah. At Hillsdale yeah. High, shout out to you guys. Back in the day when they were called the uh, the Indians. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, I can't do that they now. I can't do that now. I forget. I think they're the... Uh, now, now they're the indigenous people. That's what they call them. Yes. yes. <laughs> Please welcome to the field, <laughs> the indigenous people. <laughs> but I... So I lived there, um, and we did move when I was like 11. My dad had left when I was nine. And I'll circle back, but he did leave his guitar behind. So that's the good oh, thing. did he really? Yes, he left his guitar behind. That's what... That's what did he play at home? Like, was that something that he did? He wasn't great. He played chords and he sang okay. My mom was the singer, but that's the one thing he left behind. And uh, when he left, we we lived in a nice part of Rivervale, so we went to a different part of Rivervale that was a little bit more affordable. And uh, I started playing that guitar the minute he left. I really did. That was kind really? of really. That was like my whoopee. Oh, so, <laughs> it really was. So every played, time you pick that up, it's like dad. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I played and played and played. So. I learned really quickly, and I think I had mentioned before, I started writing songs at 10. Um, do you so remember any of those songs? I do. So the first song I ever wrote was called Maybe God Is Here. and Maybe God Is Here? Yeah. At 10? At 10. So I should have been writing, you know, Bubblegum and Lollipop. And, <laughs> and No, so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what, what, what the meaning of life is at 10. Wow. Which gives you an insight into how troubled I really am. At, it started at 10. <laughs> it started at 10. Early and indication. It hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> All the lessons I learned, they just didn't take. <laughs> but so, so I lived in Rivervale until um, I was 17. I'd already started playing with some bands. My mom died at 17. Oh, no. And, yeah, so I was, like, orphaned. I finished high school living in my car. That's a true story. Seriously? Yeah, swear to God. The school actually wanted me to go to uh, a family, and I refused to go. So I told them I had a place They gave to you stay. that option? They gave you... They were trying to find a family for me to go to, yeah. Wow. My sisters uh, were older than me. They went uh, They went to a two-apartment, uh, 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 two a two-bedroom apartment in Park Ridge, and they were trying to find a family for me. So I didn't want to do that. So I lived in my car um, for about six months and graduated high school. Where Really? I, yes, yeah. And I, I got a job. The high school was great. I got to just say, Aztec Valley, I told them I had to quit school. And they kind of understood that. But I had been in all the plays, and I was the guy that walked around with a guitar and sang by the brook. Um, so they're like, yeah, no, you're not quitting school. They said, we understand what's going on with you. We're going to let you come to school one day a week. So I was a dishwasher. At a Jewish nursing home. And so you were working while you were taking that yes. one day? Wow. So they let me work Monday through Thursday and then Saturday. And Friday I went to school. But I was out by three. So I went for all my, uh, the choir, the choir and the plays. I was in all the plays at school. 
after school. That's the only time people saw me. They're like, who's this guy? <laughs> Why is he's this not, guy getting He's apart? not in any classes. Zero classes. <laughs> and I had to do I had to do work from home. So I was able to graduate. So they were really nice. I don't even know if they, they would do that this day and age. I can't imagine they would. I don't think you'd even be able to. So they did that. But boy, did you have siblings? I mean, you had people I looking did. out for you? Well, yes. Um, it was a troubled time. You know, I was I was a kid. They moved to a, a two-bedroom apartment at Park Ridge. There was some family turmoil right then and there. Okay. Me being a young rock and roller, right, thinking right. I knew the world. And uh, so I was probably kind of a jerk. <laughs> and uh, But it all we all landed on our feet. I have the closest family in the whole world right now. That's I really awesome. Don't. But um, so that's where it all started. I started in a band then at 16. Um, what was the name of the band? You remember? It was the Pureed Brothers because we used to serve pureed food to the people at the Jewish nursing home. So <laughs> <laughs> and pureed meaning well blended. We were pretty good singers. We had some nice harmonies. So there it is. Perfect. It was the Pureed Brothers. Band. It was funny. Yeah, the Pureed Brothers. So where'd you go for? How long were you guys together? The Pureed Brothers probably played for three years. Then the guitar player in the Puree Brothers and I did a du duo for a while, and we wrote a ton of songs, tons of songs. Then we put a band together called the Night Gang that lasted about seven or eight months. It didn't break up, we just changed. We met a, uh, a manager from New York named Peter Vantage. He changed our whole image. We took the songs that we had already written, didn't really change them up, we toughened them up, we made them more punky and more what was not just happening, but was about to happen. We so really, this was like early 80s? Yes. Okay. We were, we oh, that's perfect. 79. 79, we yeah, yeah. We jumped the curve a little That's bit. Blondie, and that's when punk really yes, just started Ramones, happening. Who we, ended up, we ended up touring with the Ramones. Did you Walker. really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Under what Under what brand? What, what was the name of the, the band? Oh, that was the Metros at that time. The Metros. The okay. Night Gang went to the Metros. The same same band, but we changed to the Metros. Which was a cool so they, he, this guy really, Vantage, really groomed you. He oh, groomed absolutely. You he knew he knew what needed to be done. Wow. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of proud of all of us that we listened to him because people don't listen to people. I know. Because especially when you're young, you know everything. Exactly. Why would you listen to people that have more experience? <laughs> How would you do that? Makes no sense. When you know so much more. <laughs> so we did listen, and yeah, it got assigned to uh, a company called Monarch Records, which I think you probably have I, old 45s. You know, you said that earlier, and it didn't click at first, and then I was like, holy cow, yeah, I've got old, I've got old, I've got 78 yes, at the Monarch label. it was label. an old label. But they were trying to get in on some of this new stuff. And we toured. That's when I was with, we played with uh, the Ramones. We played with Cindy Lauper. I played with a band called SVT, who was uh, Jack Cassidy uh, broke off from Jefferson Starship, and he had his own band. We played with the Grassroots. Wow, so we you toured with all these guys. Yeah, we toured with a lot of really, really great acts. And most of it worked out really, really well. It really did, because we kind of fit in, and it was we had a fresh sound. Uh, and in the middle of... Uh, the tour, we were probably only signed for a year and four months, maybe six months. They went belly up in the middle of the tour. Monarch Records. Yes. We finished the tour and didn't get paid. <laughs> they just kept all the money. Well, or it was I all tied up in legal. Well, actually, you know they're making money, but it was no longer available. So, wow. so there was, I don't know where that trail went, but we didn't get paid. That caused a lot of uh, friction between the band because now we're. We don't have money. Yeah. You know, we get back home and you can't pay rent. Oh, you know, man. and those guys all had parents' houses they could go to. I was on my own. I told you I was orphaned. Yeah, like yeah, 17. yeah. So it was, it was tough. I kept playing. 
a lot of people got out of I got out of music, and I started the Willies. Um, as a, I just wanted to be an original band like the Metros. Use some of those tunes, keep writing. We did some covers, and it just blew up. And I was able to make a living doing anywhere from five to eight shows a week for ten years. Really, ten years. Where were you playing? Name some of the venues. So we started at Wally's Backstage Cafe in Bergenfield. We played at the Soap Factory and Mothers. Oh, I know the Soap Factory Mothers. Holy right? cow! Back mothers. then, so we used to play on Sunday nights at. Sunday nights was the Soap Factory, and Monday nights was Mothers. Right now, if you get 20 people in your bar on a Sunday or a Monday, yeah, you're, you're, you're happy. Yeah, absolutely. There was lines out the door. <coughs> it was called Monday Night Madness. Sunday at Soap Factory had some name. It was like New Wave Bands. It was the the Moderns, the Metro Metros, which is my band, and a band called the Nines. Lines out the door, Mondays and Tuesdays. Wow. And, and, and no, Sundays and Mondays. Every Tuesday, we were at Wally's. So... The, those off days we played every week. Yeah. So we were literally playing, you know, just they did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and there's six days. Sometimes you fill it in with a Wednesday, or you do a double on a Saturday in the afternoon. So we were doing five, six, seven, eight shows a week, wow. literally for ten years. And it's a lot of its original stuff. You, you were writing a lot. Of a original. lot of it was. Um, it started fading out when the with the when it turned from the Metros to the Willies, because the money got good. <laughs> and um, so I still played my stuff, but we were we played down the shore all the time. Yeah. But you played Stone Pony? We did. Yes, I did nice. play the Stone Pony. Absolutely, it's a great venue. We played with the Cure at the Stone Pony. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, we didn't tour with the Cure. We played one show with them. Yeah, we opened up with the Cure. Um, but you know, we played at uh, Jenkinsons and uh, Martells and and the Quarter Deck down and Nardies. Although any pretty much the shore, we were there from June fifteenth. Till the whole Labor summer. Day. Yeah, and sometimes after. Not a and bad place to play during the summer. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> and then in the winter, we'd go to the, the resorts. You know, we'd go to Hunter Mountain, we'd go to Killington. You know, they we'd go up to Killington for a week and a half, two weeks at a time. They'd put you up and you play in a couple of places called the Pickle Barrel. There's a place called the Wobbly Barn. Um, free skiing in a. In a free skiing, up. free housing, free yeah. food. Yep. Nice. So, so it was like, listen, I, I've been blessed, man. I stuck with it. And I don't want it to all be roses because I would come home and my electric would be shut off many, many times. Oh, really? Yeah, no cable, no electric. It's a, it's a rough life, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah, and I, th- I don't think a lot of people realize just how, you know, how many bands there are that get to a certain point and just can't kick it up to that... To where you... Where to, you to where you well love it to be, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was lucky to, to uh, stick it out. It really was because some good things happened. And ESPN is one of them. Yeah, so tell me, how did you transition from, here you are, you're touring, you're, you're playing year-round, five, six, seven, eight shows a day. How did, you, how did you transition from there to ESPN? So there was a guy, and all his friends used to come see us at a place called the Tropical Pub in Belmar. And they were fans. Like they, Once they became fans, I would see them at Belmar, then I'd play upstate New York the next day and they'd be there. I'd be back at Point Pleasant, they'd be there. I'm like... You guys are traveling like I can barely keep up with you, you know? Um, Groupies. So the, so a guy named Tim McCarthy, you, you, do you know Tim? Yeah, I know Tim McCarthy. So Tim, he's the, the, the CEO of, uh, of uh, the general manager of uh, 98.7. Yeah, yeah. ESPN. So when he took over the radio station, one of the first things he said is, I want our own band. I want to be cool. I don't want to just have talk. I want talk to be banter. Make it fun. Make really? Their, he really added a lot. That guy's a smart guy. So, 
this guy, he was talking to somebody. He said, oh, you want a band? You got to go see Willie Wilson. And he's like, I don't know him. He said, listen, here's the deal with Willie. He's going to put out a ton of energy, and he's going to give you the same show. If he plays for seven people or 7,000, it's the exact same show. That's, just, that's the way it should be. It should be, yeah. yeah. And it's got to come from inside you. You're not playing for... You know, you're doing it. You're not. You're not playing for the audience. It's great that they're there. And it, you're it, playing it, because you love what you're yes. doing. Yes. So it's that, the same so, thing when you're performing on stage. Yes. It's. It doesn't matter if there's three people or if there's three hundred or three thousand, yep. whatever it is. You put everything. It's got to come it. from inside you. Yeah. So Tim loved that quote because he's the one who told me that, that, nice. that uh, this guy Mike Stone said that. So Tim came to see us, believe it or not, at uh, the Allendale Bar and Grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BG's. So uh, and at the end, he came up and said, "Hey, can I buy you a beer? I want to talk to you." And uh, gave me his card. I'm like, oh, that's impressive. But you know, you meet people all the time, right? And and most you put of the card in your pocket. Yeah, most where you, put you never it. get the call. <laughs> he called me in two days. Really? Yeah, he's like, I want you to come into New York. I want to talk to you. I go, oh, okay. So there's the studio is on 66th Street. I went in, and he's like, listen, I want to do, I want you to be the ESPN All Star Band. And so we were the Willies. Um, I. Had, I think I just changed it to the amazing Willie's. Just I wanted an adjective in there. <laughs> Fun to throw. And you were amazing. So it would, fit. Yeah, I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he started giving me like six things a year, where there would be remotes. You know, we'd do some stuff down the shore or at a mall, the Christmas party, the St. Patty's Day party, and the band would play. So then they were looking for an MC. And it wasn't even Tim's idea. I had done a lot of. Um, traveling with uh, Rick DiPietro and Alan Hahn. Are you familiar with them at all? DiPietro sounds familiar. DiPietro was the goalie for the Islanders. They okay. called him Humpty. So back then it was Hahn and Humpty. Um, and they were just kicking off the show. They're both really good speakers. One's great at basketball, one's great at hockey, but they know sports really well. They were a really dynamic duo. So they, they were pushing them all over the place. So they said, Willie, we want you to go. And when they come in, you announce them, you question them. So I would interview them. Sure, sure. Um, and Rick goes, listen, Willie's making our job easy. Like, when you walk into a, a remote, a bar, and you're a star, people just come up to you. I was like a buffer. I would say, get, I'd say they're here right now, ladies and gentlemen, let them through. They're going to sit down. They're going to answer all your questions. Nice. I'd introduce them. Then I'd kind of interview. Let the, I'd go around, let people ask them questions. He goes, Willie's great at being a buffer. So I started doing it for Michael Kay. Um, and Michael said the same thing. He's like, "Yeah, let me tell you something. I can't. I can get to my seat, get a drink, get set up." And right. Willie's kind of getting. He's got crowned. your back. Yeah, he That's said. Cool. So then he called me in again. I thought he was going to give me dates for my band to play. He's like, "We want to make you the permanent MC for all the all the remotes." Really? So, yeah. I go. That's awesome. You know, I'm going from carrying bass bins and amps <laughs> to, to carrying a carrying a really carrying nice a microphone. microphone. <laughs> So as your back gets weaker, that was a really easy choice for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how I, long have you been doing that now? Five years now. Five years. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah, so cool. Five years. So, and I've been. Friends and you with, still play. I still play. Yeah. And you still get paid. I still get paid. <laughs> you know what? It's amazing that I. I'm so glad I stuck with it because um, things have just everything that's kind of making me money now. So it takes its time, you know. I own the theater arts, and I own a theater company. That just took off. The ESPN thing took off, and the band was very was popular enough that I make my least money at the band, unless it's for uh, a TV thing. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. But that's that's your passion. <laughs> but I love it the most. Yeah. I love it the most. Right. Although the theater is second now. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what I want to transition into. So, so you've gone from playing with bands like The Cure and the Ramones to ESPN, being the MC and the All Star Band, and now tell me, tell me how you transition to that and getting it. Clearly, you you love performing. I love being on stage. Yeah. How did you transition into what you're doing in theater? So my daughter was in first grade in Westwood. I was living in Westwood for a little while when she was first born. And uh, the principal there knew of my background. and He knew what I had done a little bit. He said, we need a theater group. because I know you've done some theater. Um, I said, yeah. He's like, would you run a theater group here? I go, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. So I wrote a couple of shows. I wrote a song. Um, I wrote several songs. Oh, you actually wrote the shows. I wrote the shows and the songs. Um, they, they hit. They hit. Go- they, it was goldmine when they asked you that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, it was. There was kind of silly songs. They're kid songs. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I never made it. Made it, money nothing on that. like. Uh, is God real or <laughs> why, why am I alive? Yeah, nothing like that. No, no. That it was, now I was going for the lollipops <laughs> and the and the bubblegum song. All I right, really was. So sure. I finally made it there. All right. I was just. I went the wrong way. <laughs> So, yeah, I did songs like that. So I wrote, like, shows for, like, three years. And my daughter was in them. And that that grew. After two years, another school saw it and, and hired me. Another school saw it and hired me. And I got hired by a company called the Apple Cider Players to, to be their uh, child development. So I did all the children's series for them. So I said, I'm going to do this on my own, away from the schools. So I, after four or five years, I had a good enough reputation I ran two summer camps, and they sold out. Back then, selling out was two was two camps at 25 people a camp. Okay. Now, currently, I'm doing three camps at 40 people a camp. Wow. Sold out waiting list. So 120 kids. Yeah. Summer Every camp. summer. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I do one in the fall, one in the spring. I, I am doing, I'm still doing one school. I'm doing West Nyack School. So, if people, listen, if they... If they want to get involved, how do they find out about what you're so doing? So you go to williewilsonentertainment.com and you click on the theater page. Um, the, the kids that go through my program, it's the first couple of years is almost a babysitting service, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How young can they go? 8 to 15. Okay. The middle one, I do three in the summer. The middle one's 11 to 18. And this year I did Chorus Line, which is a little... Yeah. You know, you can't do that with Little, an eight-year-old. You can't do that with an eight-year-old. No. <laughs> and uh, next year I'm doing the, my middle one next year is Chicago. Oh, nice. Same sort of thing. You know? But so I'm currently working on Mamma Mia, <clears throat> and that goes up at the Women's Club in Ridgewood next Thursday. Um, so uh, let me think. Of this will probably this is probably going to come out a little after that. But That's okay. Listen, go to Willie Wilson. It's W-I-L-L-I-E, Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N, entertainment.com. And, and take a look at this page. I mean, I scroll through it. You get lost. It's like rabbit hole. You just <laughs> you click on one thing, and then you start going down that rabbit hole, and then you come out, and you end up somewhere else. You've done you've done a lot. You've done a lot. You know, I tell people the story, and it sounds like I make it up, but the truth is, I forget a lot of what I actually did. Right. So there's really more. And once in a while, something comes to me. I'm like, oh wait, oh, what about that? I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so but, you're doing you're doing theater at theater arts group, yep. right? Is that the name of the camp? It's called, we call it tag. Tag. Arts group. Yeah, Willie Wilson's tag. Yeah. 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 Uh, and now you also you also produce some other stuff, some other theater. You so film, I you're involved in filmmaking yeah, now. Yeah. So I, because of COVID, I said we can't go we can't do anything on a on a stage. So I sought out filmmakers. There's a guy in town. His name is Andrew Schwartz. Uh, he's won several awards for filmmaking in independent film things. Now. He wasn't that busy because of COVID. 
So I did two movies with him. I directed, he was the filmmaker. Um, so I kind of learned on the fly. I mean, I've done this, I've done TV work. And, sure. You know, I've done bit parts in movies. So I, I knew the general, outside yeah, I knew yeah. general, 30, I didn't know enough. foot view. Yeah, I didn't know enough. But, and it's very, very difficult. But he's a pro and I learned so much. So we did two movies last year. And this year we did A Chorus Line as a movie. Yeah. And that's that's going to be uh, debuting at the uh, Washington Township Theater um, here in New Jersey, in Bergen County, um, A Chorus Line on December 2nd. Oh, really? That's coming out, yeah. All right, so write that down, guys. December 2nd, you're going to put that information up on your... Uh... I absolutely will. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. I mean, uh, it's really well. I'm, I'm not trying to brag. Um, I after a year of making pretty good movies, I made a really good movie. That's I awesome. I had to get there, but this is this is really really it's heart wrenching. Um, how about if we how about if we set it up so because I know the guys at the Hawthorne Theater. What if we screen it for Hawthorne residents? We could certainly do that. Would that be good? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, they. I let, let me tell you, no one will be disappointed. I have the youngest person is thirteen, the oldest person is eighteen, and they're talking chorus lines about. Adolescence and and childhood trauma. Now they're these are here in the ages I'm mentioning. They're talking about trauma that may be happening in their lives now. A lot of tears and real felt real, acting. Real. Like I was blown away by the acting. I realized it's not all acting. There was real it's emotion, in. Yeah, real feeling. In. And at the end of the film, we sat around. We had a day off, and we did a chorus line, which is really. Do you know a chorus line at all? Yeah, yeah. So they. You know, it's the, the directors. I don't want to. I don't want to read your resume. I want to know about you. I did that. It's a chorus line, really, to these kids. Very cool. And we did that, and it ended up. Did they this, get into real? Oh my deep. goodness! We, the bond that we forged because of being vulnerable and opening up to each other was it was insane. And what a bunch of great kids! I think it helped heal some things. Um, it made me cry a lot, but it really, I think those kids. Did they tap into like watching them? Did, did make you think about when you were a kid? Oh my God! Yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. they That's they awesome. turned the table on me. Yeah, and said, "Let us hear your story." And I just told you my story. Yeah, you know, yeah. Orphaned young, and they're like, "Oh, you got it way worse than us." Yeah. <laughs> no, no wonder you're so messed up, Mister Wilson. <laughs> we see now. No wonder why you're in filmmaking, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, it was fantastic. So yeah, I would love to be able to show that at the uh, Hawthorne Theater. They, Hawthorne would love it. They yeah, let me, let me let me talk to them. I mean, it's, you know, Hawthorne Zone. Uh, I know you've been here for several years, and, you know, you, you do what you can. I know I know. I, I read on your website, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag about you a little bit. Oh, I know you. you've done a lot of work with kids with cancer. Yes. Uh, you've raised well over a million dollars. Well over a million dollars, Kids yeah. with cancer, and, uh, you know, it's, it's what, what I love are the people that do that and, and don't like raise their flag saying, look what I just did, you know, yeah. and, and you don't do that. It's not something I, that- I that almost you... had to do it because I could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I had a vehicle to make that happen. I did it as a favor in probably 1991. And I, I said, oh, I am able to do this because I know the venues and I play in a band and I know other musicians. The first one I did, I think I raised $28,000 for a family. Wow. And I said, oh, I think I have to do this. So yeah, that's really what it is. I think I kind of have to do it. Yeah. I Let me tell you, it's heartwarming and and family. I make some of my best friends are because I help the family. Yeah. And you get to know them. And they're going through something that makes, that pales in comparison 
you know what what I went through pales in comparison to what they're going through. So we become friends. Yeah. So yeah. So thank you for saying that. That's really nice. No, I, I, you know, it's it's stuff like that that I love, and and you know, even even when you're saying, I know Anna Marie came. You know, she had messaged me and said, "Do you know anybody that can sing the national anthem?" I said, "Well, I know a lot of people that could sing it. I don't know anybody that could sing it well." <laughs> I have one friend, Constantine, who he was he was touring. He's touring with. He's actually lead singer of uh, Foreigner's Journey. Constantine Morales. Yeah, yeah. Do you so, know Con- you know Constantine? I was I was his backup band in a, a reunion with him, uh, t- t- uh, Taylor Hicks. No, yeah, really? Yeah, that was in. Uh, it was a thing up in I forget Bryn, the town. The Bray Brand Mansion. It's this huge mansion of state New York. Yeah, yeah. So we were his backup band. That's oh, so yeah, funny. And I got Taylor gotta... Hicks played. Randy Jackson played. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. He just got. That's a only gig. three years ago. He's the front man now for the. Uh, the cover band that plays Journey and Farner. Yeah, it's called yeah. Farner's Journey. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a lead singer now. Yeah, yeah. And we're buds because of that. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's 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 a fan of the town, and you know it's it's you know he one time he uh, at the band shell, he he ho- he was the MC for when they were raising money for autistic children, and I love when people just do that because it you know it's in their heart. It's yeah. not they're not getting paid, they're not getting accolades. They do it. It's very low key. They just do it because they want to give. And, and they use their gifts to give, yeah. you know, and that's, and I love that. I love that. So that's when I read that, I, I definitely want to bring that up. And, cool. And, thank uh, you for that. Yeah. And thank that. you. Thank you for you. Uh, so again, guys, go to Willie Wilson Entertainment. It's W-I-L-L-I-E Entertainment. I know you're on, you're on Instagram. What's your, what's your Instagram thing? Um, at Willie Wilson, right? Is that what it is? My Instagram? At Willie Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. At Willie Wilson? Yeah. Okay. Because it was something, I thought I saw something else. Oh, well, Oh yeah, and the Willie Wilson Theater Arts Group. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I have a whole bunch of those things, and I don't run them, and I'm bad at them. <laughs> so you're asking me questions that are beyond. I know. My, I know. Beyond my knowledge. I, why, why do you think? I, why do you think my daughter's oh, here? Oh, she's great at it. <laughs> she's back from Chicago. I think she could probably help me. I know. Us, time to get off. Us, us talking right now is like nails on a blackboard to her. It's like, oh, oh, oh I'm sure. Yeah, she's laughing, not with us. And don't talk about Facebook, please. Don't talk about Facebook. <laughs> Willie, I can't thank you enough. Oh, hey, listen, thank you for having me. And I'm just mad that my mom didn't name me Flavio. <laughs> right? No, be thankful. You would have no. you would have gone through hell when you were a kid. No, that's the name. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That I'm really like, wow, that should have been my name. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. So, you know, it was it was tough. I grew up in Hawthorne and even though there's a lot of Italians, there are no Flavios. There's Tony's, there's you know, it's Carlo, you yeah. know. So I used to got teased a lot for my name. And my very first career job, the boss, type A personality, says to me, goes, you know, you should consider changing your name. Like, why? Because there are no Flavios in this business. Like, yeah, but I would think that, you know, and there's there's Dons and Joes and Mikes and Charlies. There are no Flavios. So... Clearly, I did not change my name, and probably 30 years later, he was—he humbled himself enough to say, "You know what? I—I I want to admit that I was wrong. You—you you did the right thing, not changing you your name." You definitely did the right thing. Like I love that name. When you gave me your card, I go, "Is that a made-up name?" <laughs> I get and, that and, a lot. And I'd still be impressed if you said, "Yeah, I made it up." I—I I, I I wouldn't even know how to make up a name <laughs> like that. My older brother was Julio. May he rest in peace. My younger brother's Marcello. So, you know, we were born in Milan, and 
I get it, man. Yeah. So, Willie, thank you so much. You got it, my Guys, friend. go to his website. He DJs. He's got a band. He's got a theater group. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the, the theater company is doing really well. That's awesome really to well, hear. It's yes. awesome to hear. Yeah, that. Uh, and I cook really good. And he cooks well. He, he <laughs> will come in your home. The price is right. He will come in your home and he will cook for you. But go on the website. Find him on Instagram. Uh, he's doing a lot of great things in town and around town. And uh, it was a pleasure having you, Willie. Thanks. And let's uh, let's look into doing that. Uh, I'm going to talk to him. It, I'm going to talk to him and see what's involved. How, how long does the movie run? It's about an hour and 35 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll talk to him. I mean, we could always rent out one of the uh, one of the theaters and, yeah. and we'll do it like during a weekday when I think it's that's slow. an awesome idea. I love it. It helps the theater. Yeah. It helps get your, your work out. The Hawthorne guy who's showing his work. And, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll blow it out to the community. I love that. I All do. right. And, and hopefully, would you be willing to do a Q&A? I would absolutely be willing. Maybe to get do some it. of the kids from Chorus Line. Absolutely. Oh, a hundred percent. This is a great idea. All right, there See you go. See what we're doing here, guys. <laughs> listen, mark my word. This is going to happen. We're going to now. Now that it's out there in the public, it. now it's got to happen, <laughs> right? Uh, we'll make it happen, and we'll let everybody know when it's going to happen. All right, Willie. Thank you so you much. Got it, my this friend. is a thank pleasure, you. man. Great meeting thank both you. of you. Thanks. All right, we'll talk soon, guys. Oh,